Welcome to Rum Cake to Happiness, a podcast where we discuss topics that impact our mental health and well-being. I challenge you to see your potential, push yourself to create change, and to always spread love and kindness. I am your host, Carlene Ross, a certified life coach, author, and mental health advocate. Let's chat. Today's episode is brought to you by Ross Coaching, Carlene Ross Life Coach, specializing in personal development, relationships, and mental wellness. Visit CarleneRoss.com and request your free 30-minute discovery call. Enter RumCake21 for 20% off any of our services. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Rum Cake to Happiness. I'm your girl, Carlene. Um, welcome back to another week. I hope everyone had a great week. I hope everyone is doing well. We are on episode number 13 of season number two. And um, I wanted to actually thank everybody for, you know, the emails that they send in. I get couple emails every week and it makes me feel really good knowing that you guys are out there listening and that you're enjoying the content that I'm talking about. Um, So I wanted to share with you an email that I chose this week. Um, This one comes from Stella in the UK and she writes, Carlene, I love listening to your podcast. You are always real and down to earth. Your voice is soothing and makes me calm. Aww. And I always write down um, some great takeaways. My fave episode so far this season is how to recognize red flags. Cool. It resonates with me because I'm currently single and on the dating scene. Trust me, I have made a list. I think it's really important to keep things top of mind. Cool. Thanks for being so great. Thank you so much, Stella. I really appreciate that. Um, So thanks for writing in, guys. Yeah, like I always say at the end of my show, if you want to send me an email and let me know what you think of the podcast or the specific episode, please do. I love reading your emails. And I thank you so much for your support. So today we're going to have a topic um, that's kind of... um, sensitive to me and very important, I think, to just have knowledge about it and very important to a lot of people. I will let you know that this could be a trigger. So I'm going to let you guys know from the get go. Um, We're going to talk about eating disorders in this episode. And just to let you guys know that there are, you know, a ton of different types of eating disorders. Um, And there are people who are, you know, fighting it day in and day out. And People who have eating disorders, they don't, you know, wake up one day and think, I'm going to have an eating disorder. This is what I'm going to do with myself. This is what I'm going to, how I'm going to treat my body. Um, it's something that is extremely difficult to live with, and it's a lot um, on the person who's going through it. And so I wanted to have a conversation about that. Um, There's a few different types. We're going to highlight um, six or seven, actually seven of them today that I have written down. Um, And they're all very serious eating habits or eating disorders. Eating disorder is actually looked at as a mental health illness, which I wholeheartedly believe it definitely is. Um, And so that is part of, you know, the list of mental illnesses that you might see. So I wanted to point out that in the U.S., um, 20 million women and about 10 million men 
suffer every year with an eating disorder. Um, it's pretty interesting because you don't really think of it in those numbers. And especially with the men, you don't really associate eating disorders with men. And I'll tell you, it is definitely happening. It's definitely a thing. It's just that men definitely don't talk about it or bring it to anyone's attention as much as women would or, or people pay attention more so to women than they would to a man having an eating disorder. And so that is in the US. The UK is huge. Like obviously the UK has such a high obesity rate. Um, I think they said they have the fastest growing obesity rate in the Western, in Western Europe. And so the obesity on that side stems from eating disorders that have to do with more or less um, binge eating. A lot of times with the binge eating, we'll cover that one first. Binge eating is basically someone who um, they consume a lot of food more so than what they would ever eat in a normal portion. And they binge eat in secrets, in secrecy. So they usually don't eat around other people. Um, they eat in, in secrecy. They hide food and they'll eat it like later, late at night or they'll eat it when no one is around um, and they'll binge eat. So you may not see them eating often or you might see them eating regular portions throughout the day. But their binge eating happens sometime throughout the day, if not multiple times throughout the day, usually in secrecy. Um, so you see that they have the weight, but you don't physically see them binging. Um, and binge eaters don't tend to purge. They tend to just binge eat and keep all of the calories. They have an obscene amount of calories usually that is intake. And um, they, like I said, hide that. So binge eating is definitely one of the um, very severe eating disorders. Another one that you guys would be more familiar with hearing about because it's very common um, to hear about is anorexia nervosa. And with anorexia, um, it's a little bit more obvious because with anorexia, you see a lot of people who are extremely thin. They're very, very thin. Um, and anorexia basically is someone who withholds food from themselves. So they see themselves very differently than how they look outwardly. And so they may be, you know, very petite and very tiny, but when they look at themselves, they see something very different. And so they feel that they are overweight. They feel if I can only lose, you know, X amount of weight um, and, you know, look like this or look like that. And in their mind, they have a very distorted vision of what it is that they look like and how they would like to look and what a healthy body type look like, looks like. It's a very distorted vision. And so um, what they tend to do is withhold food. They definitely eat at a very minimal amount. Um, they count their calories like crazy. People with anorexia, depending on the severity of it, can go days or weeks without eating um, and lose an excessively amount of weight. And of course, with anorexia, when you're not eating, you definitely become ill. You have the risk, you run the risk of becoming severely ill. Um, you know, like it impacts your hair, it impacts your nails, it impacts your, your internal organs, it impacts 
you know, your growth, it impacts everything about you because your body's not getting the nourishment that it needs. I mean, I've heard of people with anorexia having a cucumber a day, you know, just in insane amounts of calorie counting that definitely, um, causes you to lack nourish nourishment in your body. And when you think about not eating, I mean, for me, sometimes when you, even when you go on like these fad diets and you take out certain things out of your diet, like let's say you're going on, I don't know, keto diet, right? So with keto, you cut your, your carbs out. You got to think about sometimes how you feel like for me, if I cut out my carbs or if I cut out, let's say caffeine, um, very easily, I feel very, you know, kind of foggy and I can't concentrate. And sometimes you feel to the point that you are lacking energy and you almost want to pass out or you want to sleep all the time. So just think about someone who is suffering from something like anorexia, whether, where they purposely hold back food intake from themselves. I mean, that is extremely dangerous and, it's a very, very difficult disease to have, and it definitely needs a professional medical intervention for sure. Um, another one that I'd like to cover is bulimia nervosa. And bulimia, unlike anorexia, bulimia, you actually do eat. Um, and with bulimia, you eat with the intention of purging. And so with bulimia, you'll have a lot of food. You'll, you know, you'll be with your friends or your family, whatever functions you might add, or just normal day-to-day meals. And you will eat, you know, people tend to see you eating a meal. They don't think that you're starving yourself, but pardon me, you will eat a larger amount to make you physically uncomfortable. Something that you normally wouldn't eat because usually, you know, when we're full, we stop eating. But with bulimia, you eat with the intention of purging. So you might save up in your mind the calories that you know you're going to intake and you'll eat everything that you want in that setting with the intention of purging. And so you'll go and purge very shortly after you eat. Um, and I will be, I will be very transparent with my audience. I try to be very transparent with my audience, um, even though some topics are extremely sensitive to me. Um, but it might come as a surprise because no one knows, but I will be transparent in this episode that I do suffer from bulimia. Um, I have in the past and, um, I'm doing really great now, but it definitely is something that I can definitely talk about, um, because it has been a struggle in the past for me. And like I said, what you do is you, have the intention of eating whatever it is that you want. So instead of restricting yourself from having a healthy, you know, you you have a healthy diet, but you restrict yourself from having the foods that you normally would really enjoy, like really, you know, like fatty foods, for instance, if you like burgers and chips and all those things that really cal- carry heavy calories that you know that you would remove from what you would consider to be a healthy diet what you do is you plan to consume all of these great, quote unquote, great things that give you instant satisfaction, instant gratification, that make you feel good in the moment. Um, And then you do that knowing that you're going to purge. And so 
you eat it, but right away you find a way to purge it. And purging can be in the form of, you know, vomiting. It can be in the form of taking, you know, X-lax or anything like that to make you go to the washroom. Um, it could be in the form of excessive exercise. Um, for myself, it was definitely purging and definitely within a short period of time after doing that, I would, uh, I would get rid of it. And, you know, with these eating disorders, it's a difficult thing to sometimes understand yourself, much less to explain to other people. I can only speak for myself when I say that it is a battle. And the reason that I find I go to food for comfort is because I have a very unhealthy relationship with food based on um, how I feel. So if I'm sad or if I'm bored or if I'm upset, um, I tend to go towards food to make myself feel happy in the moment or to make myself feel comfortable. And of course, I will eat the things that I know carry, you know, excessive amounts of saturated fats or lots of calories um, with the intention that, yeah, I'm going to eat it, but I'm going to get rid of it. So I shouldn't feel guilty, you know, about that. Um, and it goes back to a lot of, if you're looking at the core issues, it goes back for me anyway, to a lot of um, childhood trauma and a lot of things that I've gone through in my life that I continue to deal with through therapy and I continue to deal with on a daily basis. But it definitely sometimes, you know, if, you have a setback of any kind, it can definitely pull me back into that realm, which is extremely unhealthy. And so, like I've said, I have been very healthy or much healthier um, in the past few months. And I'm proud to say that that is not something that I have done as of late. Um, but it's definitely, it's, um, it's not, it's not a good thing to do. It's not healthy. I think we all know that. Um, and again, definitely recommend intervention from a medical professional for sure. And so we talked about um, binge eating already. Um, let's move on to what's another one I have written here. This one I haven't heard about. It's called PICA. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. P-I-C-A. PICA eating disorder. And basically it's a very unheard of, well, not unheard of, for me it's unheard of, but it's a very unusual type of eating disorder where people are actually consuming non-food items. So they have a compulsion to eat things that are not food, to put things in their mouth that are not food. And things could be from detergent to hair to soap, chalk, um, gravel, um, clothing, bits of clothing material. It could be dirt. Um, so that is the type of compulsion that they have. And basically, I mean, when you're eating things that are not meant to be eaten, you run the risk of definitely, um, having, you know, a fatal end, right? You run the risk of poisoning yourself or becoming extremely sick because of what you're ingesting. I remember watching a show um, that was highlighting, I guess this is what they were highlighting. I didn't know the name of it at the time, but people were on the show that were doing just that. There was one girl who had a compulsion to eat pieces of fabric softener and she would take pieces off and kind of chew on it 
and she would do this throughout the day. Um, so it's a very unique type of eating disorder, but it's definitely considered an eating disorder and it's definitely considered um, a mental health issue for sure. Um, another one that they mentioned that I reviewed was called Remination Disorder and Remination. Remination Disorder, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and basically with Remination Disorder, um, this one is also very unique because what you do is you'll eat, but then you will force yourself to regurgitate. And when you regurgitate what you've eaten, you will rechew it and either spit it out or rechew it and re-swallow. And so that's a compulsion as well that definitely needs medical intervention from someone who can help you with that type of eating disorder and that type of compulsion. And another one that we have listed is avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And avoidant meaning exactly that. What people who suffer with this do is they physically avoid eating food. And so it can come from a lack of interest. It can come from just having a really strong dislike to the look of food or the smell or the taste or the texture. Um, you just simply don't want to eat. You have no interest in eating. Um, and with that, of course, because you are restricting yourself, you tend to lose a lot of weight with that for sure. Um, and the last one that I want to cover, which I don't know too much about, but I did catch a glimpse of an episode, which was interesting. Um, and this one is called diabolemia. And diabolemia is basically people who are suffering from diabetes but who also suffer from bulimia, which is eating and purging. And so what patients who are suffering from this tend to do is when they have diabetes, rather than taking their insulin, because they feel their insulin allows them to gain weight or makes them put on weight, they avoid taking insulin and they eat whatever it is that they want, so rather than eating healthy and staying away from sugars or things that you may eat that will turn into sugar into your body, such as carbs, they will avoid taking their insulin and they will eat whatever they want and then they will purge. That's the bulimic side of things. And that is extremely dangerous because, of course, if you're insulated, if you are diabetic and you are you know, um, diagnosed with that and you're given insulin as a way of taking measures against it to help your body and then you decide not to take your insulin, that is extremely dangerous. And so they're battling two things at once. The problem with this is that there is, it's such a limited amount of people who are, um, who this is known to. And so in the medical health world, they find it difficult to treat because there's not enough healthcare professionals who are educated in treating that type of eating disorder as yet. And so they, they either want to put you with people who have an eating disorder or they want to keep you in, and put you into um, the you know, patients who are suffering from diabetes that is not under control. But what you need is actually a two-in-one type of treatment 
that will combat both of those things. And so that's a really difficult one, I can imagine. And so with all of these eating disorders, I mean, every one of them is very unhealthy. Every one of them comes from a place I feel that's deep within where people have, you know, fundamental sadness and and issues that they might have gone through or are going through. And they turn to food as a way of controlling um, the way they feel or a way of some kind of, you know, trying to make themselves feel better. Like I said, some people have very unhealthy, um, unhealthy relationships with food. I know that at times I do. Um, and when you're sad, you turn to food. When you're mad, you turn to, to food. When you are feeling down and out or bullied or, you know, you turn to food. And because food is always there, food is used to celebrate things. It's used, I mean, we eat at funerals, you know, we eat all the time. Um, so it's very easy to turn to food because it gives you an instant satisfaction. It makes you feel good in the moment, right? But it causes a lot of distress and a lot of upset um, when you have an eating disorder for sure. And so what I would like to say is that if anyone is going through this or if anyone is aware of friends or family members that might be going through this or if anyone is suspicious of anyone that they love that might be going through this, I think that intervention is extremely important and it needs to be done very gently um, to have that conversation, to let them know that you think this is what's happening, to have a gentle conversation and to lead them to getting the help that they need because it can it can completely get out of hand and out of control if not intervened. For myself, I definitely realized um, that it was time to get help because it just became very natural and it became a compulsion that I had to do it. And once I realized that this was happening, I was like, I, this can't happen. You know, I know that this is a problem. This is an issue. And if I don't get the help that I need, then I'm going to, this is going to completely, you know, overtake me. And I wasn't, I wasn't wanting that to happen. And I thank God that I was able to pull deep and to, you know, find the way to stop doing it and to get the help that I needed. So if anyone out there is going through this, please know that there is definitely help available. And I will put some links for people who actually um, live in Canada, because I am in Canada, I will put some links. And for anyone else who's listening around the world, please go on to your Google. If you are suffering, if you know of anyone who may be suffering and just Google, you know, the closest thing that you can find to having someone intervene with helping you or someone you love with an eating disorder of any kind. And so with that, that is the end of our episode today. I hope that it um, was a good one for you guys to hear. I hope that, you know, if it had anything in there that kind of pulled at your heart to definitely share with anyone who you feel might benefit from that, whether it might be, you know, a relative or a friend or whoever that you feel might like to hear it, please share um, the episode. And as usual, send me an email. Let me know what you thought about the episode or what you think in general about our podcast. I appreciate, like I said, all of your feedback. 
I thank you so much for your time. Stay healthy, stay well. Until next time.